Okay. Good evening, everybody. My name is Mark Pivish, and welcome to Panfish Nation. Oh, actually, I'm better looking than Mark, so sorry. Go ahead. You can bring it back in now. The disrespect. What? <laughs> that, was, that was like a compliment, man. Come on. Let's try the last name again, Mr. Dokery. No, I'm not. No, I'm not. I'm not going to try it again. <laughs> What's going on, everybody? Welcome to Panfish Nation, Long Mark. I'm Lyle, and James Dockery is our guest tonight. And he's feeling feisty, apparently. He apparently. is. He's had a long day, but I don't think it affected him much. How about that uh -oh. bait shop? I thought that was pretty funny that uh, we had such great, well, it was fun to have such great winners of those Uncle Lou rods on there. Absolutely. Hey, I, I was I, glad to see Avid win one. Bless his heart. I was going to say congratulations, Evan, and congratulations, Mr. Molina. Couldn't That's think of correct. two more wor worthy winners except That's for myself correct. and myself. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> hey, can I take a second to say something to everybody in chat? Absolutely. Oh, get that mute button ready, Lyle. Yeah, no, it, this, this is actually legit, man. I want to thank everybody that has helped out and pushed Chad uh, to get to 1K. I mean, Chad means a lot to a lot of people, and – he deserves every single sub that he gets. I agree. He's the most honest and, you know, as they come. And, guys, it really does. It, you know, it makes everybody really happy to see people, you know, that, that truly deserve it succeed. And Chad has to be one of the people that truly deserve getting it. Yeah, I agree. Life. And so just thank you from the bottom of everybody's heart that helped push him along. Yep. I, All right. I no agree. more of the sentimental crap. Let's, as let's as, as James Dockery's agent, uh, Mr. Fields, his uh, uh, it, it, the the deal you had with him and you and James has been fulfilled fully. Uh, so you don't need to. You're you're done working. So we're we're good. Oh, I'm just I'm just trying to suck up to get actually so that he'll invite me back onto the bait shop again. I you know I was wondering how long before he invites us on there. It's like. <laughs> I don't expect yeah. he'll ever invite all three of us on at the same time. I know. Probably not. <laughs> Maybe we can talk him into another day after Thanksgiving or a Thanksgiving show. Ooh, um, hey, there we go. Are you talking about when we talked about Christmas gifts? Hey. Yeah, when we talked about I have some new ones for him there this year. Yeah, me too. I've been trying to get him a sponsorship. <laughs> now that he's got to 1K, we might be able to get yeah, him. Yeah, me too. I think Balls Deep Tackle would be a great sponsor for him. I definitely think so. <laughs> I know that the Turkey Testicle Festival here in Huntley, Illinois, might you know sponsor and pay him to make an appearance. Oh. Sorry, sorry, children. I'm telling you, man. I'm I'm telling you. Oh, that's killer right there. So Lyle, saying hello to everybody is going to be a true test of my skills because for some reason YouTube's participant tool is not working. So I actually have to read the names off of chat. So oh, what wow. I need everybody to do is comment in chat. So I have a list of everybody who's in there. That's right. Everybody put up hashtag Krampus Kane and Mark will call your name out. Yeah, I will only read the names of people who put hashtag Krampus Kane up there. Oh my How about that? I wouldn't there do you guys that way. Check your check your uh, emojis on Facebook, Lyle. Yeah, I know how that works, and I got a feeling I know what it is. Uh, probably. <laughs> oh, hey, look, Freddie's outdoors. First one to put up Krampus game. Thank you, Freddie. Here we go. Let's say <laughs> let's say hello to, to him. 
Justin's fishing fetish beat him to it on my end. And then I see Freddie's oh. Outdoor Adventures. I see Avid Fisherman, one of the winners tonight. I do see Tim. I'm going to start reading people off. I see Tim Molina, uh, three plus one outdoors. Terry Peterfish, the second. Uh, Northern Girl Hobbies, welcome. I believe that's a new one. Uh, uh, we appreciate you. If you haven't subbed to the channel, we'd love to have your sub. I see fishing chick out there. How you doing, dear? Uh, Darling Perry, hopefully you got that uh, chili crisp stuff we were talking about and you're enjoying it. I see D. How you doing, D? If Betty's out there listening, I want to make sure to say hello to Betty. What's up, sis? Uh, both of you is. Uh, Philip Williams, how you doing? Man, want to be outdoors. He got on some pretty big red ears today. Saw some pictures on uh, uh, on Facebook, and he had them all ready to cook, too, so that made me kind of proud to see. Uh, yeah, I see yeah. relaxing frustrations. Dan Thomas, there's Parker Pursuit. Uh, 252 Outdoorsman, what's going on? How you doing, sir? Uh, obviously, Sean T. Outdoors. There's Brian B. Catfishing. What's up, Brian? He did a great job moderating in the Has versus Chunky last night. That was quite the event. Lots of people, lots of fun. And they did help definitely get Chad to that 1K, so we're all grateful uh, that, that the family, the Catfish family, stands up for one another and, and helps everybody out there's a lot of other people out there that are probably gonna get the same kind of treatment which is going to be awesome to see i see joe buck 66 there's jeremy colvin fishing jeremy got out some crappies made me a little jealous i'm definitely looking forward to getting out there and starting next week uh fins and fines what's going on bob pontoon jody i believe pontoon will be on directly after the show fishing against some uh competitor that's going to get their butt handed to him oh sorry whoever that is I, I apologize for not knowing i see fishing with jbt from the great state of texas fishing with squirrel uh james mr james kirkpatrick's three plus one outdoors there's chad what's going on chad chad part of the click now <laughs> i had to say it sorry guys <laughs> we got oh there's tim molina jeremy colvin want to be out there justin's fishing fetish fishing with squirrel uh I think Parker Pursuit's in the house. I'm kind of scrolling through the list. Uh, and I think I got most of them. If somebody comes up. Oh, there's uh, LG Bass. What's going on, Tom? John Boy's Catfishing. How you doing? Perfect. I think that's a good start. If we see somebody during the show, you know, we'll always shout them out. Absolutely. Fishable Squirrel, John Boy's Fishing Chick. You got all of them. Joe Buck, Lance. The Hawaiian Fisherman, Maku guy. Yep. Pretty complete list. The only thing I seen was was Dave, uh, Super Dave 336. He's in there just tying jigs. Bless his heart. I understand awesome. how hey, that is. How you doing, Super Dave? Hey, Super Dave, if you ever got any extra hand ties laying around, you know, me and Lila are always uh, willing to give you our address. <laughs> I'm, not too, I'm not too proud to beg. Never too proud to beg. <laughs> hey, I, I want to bring something up that I saw in chat real quick, Lyle. A fishing chick says, wait a minute, Lyle. Why is uh, my picture not on that board behind you? Excuse me while I go cry. Well, we don't want to make you cry, fishing chick. I'll tell you what. I make those backdrops for Lyle, right, Lyle? That's correct. What we'll do is we'll put a post on the Panfish Nation group, and I'll make a brand new one. If you guys want to sub your pictures, the way we do it is everybody subs a pic that wants to be back there, and the ones that get the most votes i'll take them um we'll, we'll give it what two weeks lyle to go up and yeah. we'll count the likes whoever has the most likes goes first whoever has the second most goes second until all the spaces on the backdrop are filled that's how we did it last time and it worked best so yep. uh, uh have at it folks i'll post that up there after the show tonight very good and if you don't make the wall 
then you can send your hate mail to Mark, care of Panfish Nation. We got these. Yep, send it, send it to Mark at Panfish Nation. I'll get it there. Yeah. No, I won't. Oh. There is no Mark at Panfish Nation. <laughs> send it to Dockery at gmail.com. <laughs> You're liable to get into Caden. You might not like that. <laughs> I was going to say, careful now, guys. Careful. Yeah. TX Tiger in the house. <laughs> there he is. What do we got? Art from the One Town Crew? James Kirkpatrick, Sean There is Parker Pursuits right there. There he is. That's right. You know, he timed out his uh, partner, Rob, in Chad's show. I was asking Chad to... Yeah, I was asking Chad to give me... To take his wrench away so I could get revenge for my buddy, Rob. Oh, But he, wow. he didn't hear me. He was ignoring me. There's Blue Line Adventure. So, James. Yes, sir. We're coming up to that wonderful time of the year. Oh, when the water are. starts, when the water starts cooling off and they start coming. Magical out. time. Magical time. Twice a year in the hey, spring Maureen. and in the fall. Yes, sir. So what's your what's your plans to go after them? How are you going to get started? What are you looking for? All that good stuff. Tell us what you know, which is a lot. I've already started. At this point in time, the water temperature started dropping. The the heat of the summer months are over behind us, and that water actually is in some in some locations. Now it's going to be a little bit different down south and and up north and than what we are here. Uh, but uh, that water's starting to clear up quite a bit. So now's the time to start going out, shooting some docks. Um, and, and think about this time of year like you would if you were, say, springtime crappie fishing, where these fish are starting to stack up for pre-spawn. Well, they're stacking up the same way at this point in time. So if you're hitting, you know, your, your brush piles and say 10, you know, 8 to 10 feet of water, you're going to start nailing the bigger crappie. And, you know, you just have to keep at it. You'll, you'll find them eventually. And, and when, if you find them and you can stay on them, stay on them. If not, move with them because they're, they are moving. They're not staying in one place. And that's, that's the most important thing to remember, especially when any type of fishing is, is especially at this time of year, all fish are moving. They're looking for food. They're looking for structure. They're looking for, I mean, just that whole water that they might swim around in for an hour or two and then they'll swim off looking for something else to eat so that was my question i had for you was was you talking about crappie or bluegill or all but it is all of them yeah. it is all of them yeah no it, it is everything because i mean even the catfish you guys know as well as That's i right. do i mean catfish are starting to move yep. and bluegill will do the same thing because the catfish are coming in the predator all predator fish are you know moving around and a bluegill essentially is somewhat of a predator fish but not as much as say a you know largemouth bass uh musky you know, any of those other you know big big game fish so they're going to be moving they're going to be scattering so you're, you're just gonna you're gonna have to hunt and, and look for them. well that's a good reason too the predators are going to be after them as well so not only are they looking for food they're trying not to be food be food exactly that, that whole food chain comes into play now let me ask you this uh your opinion i kind of well, I kind of believe that they'll circle back around eventually. Yep. I know trout do that all the time. I know crappie do that a lot. You can wait them out or you can chase them down. But if you never find them to begin with, you don't even know where to wait. 
that's right. kind of the way I look for. So they, they, they get in this pattern where they like it. And I think it has to do with the structure that they're sitting in. If there's a drop off, they, it's like a wall to them. It keeps them, you know, huddled up and grouped up, not in one spot, but as a so-called school. We know that they don't actually school up. Yep. We had this talk before, right? Yep. They just kind of stay together because there's other reasons for them to be together. Like the food's there. They're curious to see what's going on, stuff like that. It's not a schooling instinct. So when, right. once you find the fish, if they stop biting, it's a good chance. If you That's if you can't move. If you can't figure out which way they're going, sometimes it's a good idea to sit there and wait for them to come back yep at least See, and, and expression. That, right and, and a lot of times you know people they'll start to fish you know they'll fish one area because it, they they know there's a brush pile there those there's some sort of a structure or something like that there and they're fishing 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 they're catching you know some decent crappies some decent bluegill something like that and then they're gone you know they just stop biting and most people's mentality is is well i've caught all of them there well that's that's not actually true what happens is is you know, one of those fish, they swim off. Well, then pretty soon that, you know, Larry, the other, you know, crappie sitting behind him goes, well, heck, I'm going to follow Mark. And then Mark follows Chad and they just all move to the next structure. Well, what eventually. Poor analogy. I know, but that's the same way. You know, that's what it is. But, that's what it is. So you've got another group that's going to be coming up behind them. You can either wait those fish out. Or you can, you know, you can move on down the, the shoreline to either try to find where that next crop, you know, that next uh, big school, school, and I say that loosely, uh, is going to be. Or you can stay in one spot and, you know, wait for the next round. Think of it this way. Um, what most lakes and ponds and stuff like that that have no current in them at all, those fish will just sit there and circle that lake. Or that pond, okay? During the winter time, during the springtime, during the fall time, that's what they're doing. They're just they're going they love, around in circles. Right. They what love the basins. Yes, and what they're doing is is they're going from one uh, brush pile or one structure node to the next, and they're looking for that bait. Well, that bait is doing the exact same thing. All right, they're looking for smaller foods. They're looking not to get eaten by the crappie and the bass and, and whatever else is chasing them. So what they're doing is they're just circling. And eventually, they're going to come back around. So, how long it takes depends on how big the area they're covering too. Exactly. It has a lot to do with it, and that's and true it, with a lot of fish, especially now. What, what comes to mind is uh, our stock of trout openings this Saturday. By the way, um, trout will do that all the time, especially in a couple of spots I'm in. They're, they're totally wandering, and they for some reason they they're real curious fish, and they'll follow the other ones because they think the other one's going to get to it first. Yep. People do the same thing, you know, when on a, let's talk Black Friday, now that we mentioned Chad's show. Everybody goes to one side of the store because they think it's a great deal, and, and everybody else follows them there. Am I wrong? That's Let's right. And, and I've, I've encountered the same thing with crappie. You can get over them. You see them on your fish finder, your sonar, or even see them in clear water, or you know they're there. And uh, you got to get those first couple to bite in order for them to start going. Right. Don't get discouraged. Yeah. Trick one to bite. Try something else. Once you get them going, it gets easier as it goes until they stop, and that'll happen as well. Yeah. See, and and they're they're looking for multiple of different things. They're looking for food. They're looking for you know shelter to protect themselves away. So you know, and if something big comes along and scares them all off, or you catch one fish, most of the time those fish they they don't care. I mean, it's just like all right, well he's gone, no big deal, just keep eating. But 
every great once in a while, you've got that that smarter school that just basically goes, eh, no, nope. you know, somebody just jerked him out of the water. It's time to scoot on. Yep. And you'll have, you know, two or three that start to move on. And that'll start the process of them, you know, moving on because they get spooked or they get distressed. And they, you know, it, you have, uh, oh, you, you've got scales in the water that doesn't look right to them, all this stuff. So, yeah, I know. Dr. Dink. You know. And the thing about it is, is I was going to do something really, really nice for him tonight, but he told me he was in St. Louis, so I put it off. So that's that's well, torture we'll enough. No offense to the people. I know. Who live there, but. I know. I know. Him being in St. Louis, I feel sorry for all those people down there. Yeah. So what are you looking for as far as using for bait, James? What I'm I, this time of year, uh, if you use minnows, hey, more power to you. You know, you use worms, night crawlers, you know, whatever. Hey, that you catch the fish the way that you normally catch your fish. Uh, me, I'm using plastics, I'm using small crankbaits, that type of stuff. And when I'm talking small, we're talking micro. We're, I'll give you a prime example. This is one of the small crankbaits I will be using. Yep, exactly. So, you know, and, and that, you know, and the reason why I show that is because somebody spent a lot of money on those and, but they didn't spend enough money. I don't feel you. I mean, I, I feel like he missed out on some things last night. I really enjoy do. Don't you? Yeah. I do. Okay. But what, what we're, you know, we're doing is, is we're looking, we're casting, you know, in a rainbow. You know, or we're we're dropping it straight down and we're jigging it, you know, until we find these fish. Now, there are people that are lucky enough; they've got the, you know, the fish finders and they've got live scope and all that stuff, and which is awesome. I mean, it really and truly is. If you've got it, use it. But with me, you know, I'm fishing from a dock. I'm not carrying a whole bunch of stuff down there to do this around, you know, to just fish around. So mm -hmm. I'm going down there blind. You know, and I'm 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 having to find those fish every single time. And yeah, what I'm usually doing is I'm starting out with a very small, and we're talking three quarter of an inch to an inch uh, micro grub. Uh, and I'm you know I'm I'm going from the bottom of the lake as slow as I possibly can all the way to the top. And when I say slow, we're talking maybe an inch per second coming up. And, you know, and you're popping that on the way up. And when you get up there to the top to where you can see that either your jig or there's, you know, nothing has hit that, I'm dropping it just as slow back down. I'm not covering as much water, but I'm leaving that bait in that strike zone just a little bit longer. And hopefully that we can entice some, you know, something to hit it. And if I can't do that with a small bait or something like that, then I'll, you know, I'll go to the old tried and true. I'll add a wax worm to it. I'll go to maybe a smaller or a slightly bigger bait uh, that'll maybe drop a little bit faster just to get back down to where I think that those fish might be stacked up. We have a uh, more question that really has some substance to it. Uh, Terry would like to know, is there a specific structure that they are attracted to in the fall or is it any structure they go to it, it, think of think of this time of year like like you like i said is 
post spawn. All right, these these fish are stacked up. They're uh, like I said, they're probably in about 14 feet of water and a little bit higher. All right, they're they're moving up towards the shore just to test out that water, see if it's the right temperature that they're looking for, that type of stuff. And if there's structure up there, they may hang around just a little bit uh, in shallower water, but they're going to venture back out to the deep. And then they're going to come back up. They're going to go back out. So if you can find an area that, say, has got a, you know, a, a decent-sized brush pile out in 14 foot of water and a smaller brush pile up in 6 to 8 feet of water, then what I would do is I would concentrate on both of those. Spend you know ten minutes casting or jigging or floating a jig around those structures out deep, and if you can't get anything, well then then go up to the shallow and try that, and then go back and constantly because if you're catching if you've caught one fish, there is a very good chance the others are there. You just have to present that bait to them the way that they want it, and that could be size, that could be depth. I mean, there's all sorts of different variables. You literally have to have an arsenal in your bag if you're going after panfish and if you're going after bluegill it's the exact same thing bluegill will hit on any type of crappie bait you just have to put it in front of them the correct way and it's got to be the right size too i ran into it this yeah. week this week i was chasing some white bass to use for bait and i was using one inch one inch little jigs and the 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 bass i was chasing were too small they'd get on there and by the time i got them to this wall i would have to pull them up this wall it's i don't know about 12 feet tall where i getting right underneath the dam here um they, they were always coming off the hook so i ordered some hooks uh, or some flies and some smaller stuff to use next week we'll see how that happens but you, you got to match the size and it, it's all a combination one thing that i want to let everybody know if you eat when you don't you, james is absolutely right you don't need all the electronics and stuff but one tool that i do recommend you get we all have cell phones we all have computers go get you the navionics app Absolutely. Now, the Navionics app is pretty darn close on most bodies of water. That's my disclaimer. And I know that panfish, at least as an ice fisherman, that panfish are always looking for quick escape routes. So if you can find some structure at the bottom of a real steep ledge, they seem to like those ledges to escape, and those ledges will stop them kind of like a wall it'll 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 hurt them up but if something chases them they do not hesitate going right up also when they're coming up in the fall they're going to follow those 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 ledges because they're used to using them as escape routes it's like knowing the way home is the way i kind of look at it so uh, that 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 would be another good place to add it's it's adding all those um all those conditions together is going to up your odds wouldn't you agree james oh yeah yeah and and listen guys what well, the advice that we're giving you is, is stuff that works in our area. All right. Mm -hmm. You may yeah. you may go down fresh. by Lyle, you may go down by Lyle and it's totally different. You may go down by, you know, into Tennessee and it may be totally different. You may go up to, you know, Wisconsin and it's totally different. If you most of the time, if you are in an area and you see a you know a guy out fishing, if you go up and you talk to him, they're going to give you they're gonna they're going to help. All right. Most of the time, fishermen are willing to help. They're willing to give you the information. They're not going to give you their, their best spots. They're, they're really not. I mean, we are very protective of that stuff. It's, it's, it's who we are, but I mean, they'll, they'll point you in the right direction. But if you go to a new Lake, go to your, your conservation department website. If it is managed by DNR Corps of engineers, uh, some sort of a conservation agency or something like that, 
if they have uh, structure bedding that they've placed in there, they have it marked out. Yep. And there's a, a lot of times they'll actually have a topical map of the lake in their main office right. that you can go in and look at it. And, you know, you can take a picture of it, have it on your phone to blow it up. In Illinois, they have it on the websites. They have where all of the fish, the fish cribs they drop, they usually have them there. Also, those get translated, like I was saying, in an avionics. Plus, people who share their information through Navionics and a couple of the other online things all gets transferred over to Navionics. So some of the fish cribs that aren't put there by the, by the DNR in your state will be listed on there, too. So don't, don't hesitate to look. There's, if you go online with your computer or your phone, there's a free version of it, which is not as robust as the annual subscription, which I think last time I checked was like $14.99. That's not cheap for an app, but you get a lot of information if you're angling as much as some of us do it's worth every penny um but there there's another good place to start i would start it with your dnr and and definitely see what not only what species to make sure they're there if you're trying new water but to find out where those crib beds are and what those fast getaways for those fish are where they're at well and make sure that you've got your you know you know your limits if there's a size limit if you know a, a number limit a possession limit that kind of stuff uh, there's there's no reason that a, a, somebody shouldn't go to public water and know all that information before they start fishing. It's 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 better to spend the five or ten minutes looking this stuff up online than it is to get a ticket and have to go to court and spend you know all this stuff and run a risk of actually losing the privilege to fish. So keep that in mind. And one other thing, um, if you if you have access to where you you know you can go out and you can drop structure and stuff like that, make sure that it's actually legal in your state or on that body of water to do so. Because there is a lot of times if it is a Corps of Engineer um, lake or something like that, they do not want you just going out and dropping these things you know here and there and just wherever you think there's going to be fish at, or you want there to be fish at. So make sure that you're following all those those laws and stuff like that, guys. What are your feelings on Christmas trees, James? Love them. Love them. Really? I do terrible yes. on them. I can't get anything to bite. I can see the bait on them, but I can never get any fish out of them. I don't know what it is. And one thing to keep in mind, when you, if you're, especially if you're dropping uh, any type of a tree or something like that in the water, like uh, a Christmas tree or what we consider small uh buck brush which is your cedar small cedar stuff like that most of those are going to be anywhere from four to six foot tall they're weighted down and they're only going to last about five years right so if you actually can put that stuff in and it's been you know three or four years you know that now's about the time to start thinking okay i've got to get out there you know i've got to start dropping some stuff and now's the perfect time to do it right before deer season. You're cleaning up. You're making sure that you've got, you know, a decent hunting area or a shooting lane for wherever you're hunting. You could drop those trees down in there to make fish habitat. So keep that in mind also. Lyle, what's going on in chat? Do we have any questions in chat? Not any question, but there's a lot of BS happening. <laughs> oh, I, 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 you see, and this is what happens, right? You know, you guys are like, oh yeah, you can come on and tell us about the show, and then you have people like Justin and Rob and Mo and chat. So yeah, you guys, <clears throat> I love you all. I really, really do. <laughs> 
Uh, here's a good here's a good statement. We use plastic pipes now here now for crappie beds because they don't show up on electronics. So if you get a cement block on scan, fish it. I did not know that. I did well, not know that either. Here's here's the problem with using those is uh, they are bucking around part of the the new rules and regulations for the environment of not letting you dump those plastic fish beds, the PVC pipes and the tubing and all that stuff down in these lakes because of the that they eventually will deteriorate and cause plastic particles to go floating into the, the water and poison and kill fish. So if that gets passed, guys, just just keep an eye on your state laws and regulations is all I can say. Because Missouri That's right. is actually don't Missouri get in trouble with that. You don't yeah, want you to think the trouble. DNR fines are big. Wait till the EPA gets involved in it. Oh. And hey, I, by the way, I want to say I want to take a second to say hi to Sophie tonight. Hi, Sophie. How you doing? And to Caitlin. Hi, Caitlin. Very hi, nice. Sophie. Hi, Caitlin. How are you guys? And Gabby. We got to say hello to Gabby. That's yeah, right. Gabby's one of our supporters. But Josh oh, wants to push this. Wow, I'm crushed. All the crap I give James, and I don't even get a call out by name. Time to step up my game, I guess. Listen, I've got something for Josh. All right. It's in the works. <laughs> I mean, I've. Is this something you can talk about online or on the show? No. Okay. No. Legally, I am not allowed to discuss this because, you know. <laughs> But, oh, yeah. Chad, we want to say hello to Chadwick James, too, I guess. I guess. Yes, so. Chadwick James. <clears throat> we yep. dropped some underground wires. Yeah. I, and listen, if you're if you're really wanting to, to do this stuff, talk to your conservation department. Uh, the, we got involved with the, the agency up here, um, and a couple of the lakes didn't have any type of structure in it and they hadn't been maintained and all that stuff. We were actually able to go out and yes, we've got the, the property here that we live on that we are able to do that or to do where we go out and we cut, I think it was almost a hundred small trees down and we took them up to the conservation or to the lake and the conservation department used one of their boats to come out and drop them down and they GPS marked them and stuff like that for other people to find. So, you know, if you can, if you can do it, do it, talk, work with the conservation department. That's the best thing I can tell you to do is because you will, you'll actually get more done if they truly see that you're wanting to help. That's right. So, I agree. And I know that's, you know, a lot of people are like, I'm not working with law enforcement. I'm not working with conservation department. They, you know, all this stuff, guys, if they're, if you feel like the conservation department or something like that is messing up, it's your right to say something. And Absolutely. if you if you don't say anything except to them, except for you know online posts, and you do it about it rude, they're not going to pay attention to you. Uh, I'm a firm believer. I'm a firm believer that if you want something to change, you either got you got to speak up or you got to help it change. So exactly. you know, be become partners with 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 the powers that be can awfully get stuff done rather than being their enemy all the time. So. Yeah. It's funny because uh, um, speaking of uh, the DNR and law enforcement and stuff, I went out looking for some bait this week prior to getting ill. That's another long story. Um, and uh, somebody called the DNR on me for cast netting, and they know me here. 
apparently they got like five calls because I was throwing a cash that at the dam. They came out they're like, hey, what's going on, Mark? I'm like, there's my bucket. Check it. Just had Shad in there. But um, and it's good to have a relationship with them. He didn't even want it. He didn't even look in the bucket. He took my word for it, said, how you doing? I had to come out here just to show them. He says, I was right down the street anyways. It was fine. But, you know, they're going to come out. People who don't like the DNR are usually the first ones to call on you. So it's good to have a good relationship with them. And if you can have a say in what they're doing and how they're doing it, even better. So there's my yep. rant for the night. Yep. I have worked with the conservation department for years on catfish regulations. Yes, he has. It, it comes to the point to where when they have a meeting and you walk through the door, four or five of them run over to greet you at the door like they do Cindy and I, you know you've made an impact on them. Now, they won't always take advice from you, but at least they will listen to what you have to say if you'll try to work with them. Yep. And that, if, that seeds never, if that seed's never planted, there's no way it's going to grow. That, that's exactly right. And they've been really cordial and good to us. We've had several of them guys on Catfish Weekly over the years, and they've done wonderful things to help us out. Like I say, they don't always, I don't always agree with what they do. They don't always agree with what I suggest, but we can talk about it. And at the end, we have an understanding of how each other feels, whether we agree or not. It's all a part of the process. That's how we get things to work for, for right. most everybody. Betty right. says, being a logger's wife with a lake one mile down the road from the job site hauling treetops all day. I need to fill the forwarder and drive it down to the lake. <laughs> that sounds get like some, a good nice, idea. Yeah, get some nice brush piles and stuff like that. Yep. <laughs> oh, wait. I, here, here's a good, a good thing. Uh, Roger says it's good to see them present. He loves to see officers on lake. I agree. You know, yep. I agree with Roger on that statement because Cindy and I have been checked by guys in boats when we was in tournaments, and they pull up to us, and uh, we tell them we're in a tournament. They say, well, we'll hurry. Get no, you're doing your job. My no. tax money pays your salary. I'm glad you're doing that. Stay as long as you want. The fish ain't biting anyhow. You know, yep. we have talked and to them guys forever, and, and I yep. enjoy visiting with them. And, guys, if you make a – if you – get a, a decent uh, reputation with some of these conservation agents and, and game wardens, stuff like that, they actually will give you a lot of good information about fishing because they're seeing it all. They're out checking these people. They know where these fish are hitting at. They know what they're fishing or the, what they're biting on, stuff like that. You can usually get some good information out of these guys. And they're, they're not out to bust you. They're just, they're there to make sure you're doing your job or, doing they're right just doing their job. their job right and you know they're because let's be honest there are people that are going to you know, subvert the system the exactly yeah and you know if, if you're doing everything but if you know the laws and you're doing everything by the laws you got no reason to do that That's you know exactly the first right. thing a dnr is trained to do is come up to you and act like they're your friend but if you're breaking the law and as soon as they find out they're no longer your friend they're going to slap you with that fine or or whatever it is right. without blinking an eye just because that's what they get paid to do so don't hold it against yep. them i know it's not well, it's, it's hard to do that but you know if you got that extra 25 over the limit James 2025 20, uh, I just figured I would mention that oh, number right for here. you <laughs> <laughs> Son of a biscuit <laughs> and you can 
You can't even kick me off screen. <laughs> That's okay. I took I took my anger out on Parker. I uh I just timed him. I out. saw that you. Yeah, I saw that you did that. I just I yeah. Yeah. Just remember the majority of interactions that a law enforcement has with people is negative. Being friendly goes a long way, and it's always appreciated. That is correct. I yeah. got stopped here a year or so ago for following a guy too close. I'm the guy we met a highway patrol, and I thought he was going to get me for speeding. He's luckily, if he hadn't pulled out when he did, I was getting ready to smoke that dude. He wasn't going the speed limit, and that pisses me off. So everything makes me, you mad, though. I'm kind of like you, right? <laughs> He pulls me over and tells me I'm and give me a warning. I guess he felt sorry for me because I'm old, but uh, you know, I was nice to him. He was nice back and uh, didn't give me yeah. a ticket. Now, I'm guessing if I'm falling too close again, the same guy pulls me over, he probably won't be as nice. But that's okay. I, I, I mean, yeah. in my mind, if that speed limit says 65 or 70, whatever it is, you need to be going that at least that speed. That's the minimum for me. So. Pull over, get out of my way, do something, but don't step there and go forward. I, I ain't got time for you. Ranch yeah. over, boys. Yeah. So, James, are you getting Mark, you, you he, getting, he gets he gets off off on a rant, and we can't control. Sorry, him. sorry, oh, that's okay. <laughs> so, James, are you getting the freezer? Uh, uh, Packed with some fillets for the winter. I know you and I were talking about this. It's pretty important to get them when when you can. Um, we're not talking about big trophy fish or anything. We're talking about keeper size fish, obviously, with respect uh, responsible harvest. But it is a, a good time of year. Hunters fill their freezer with with deer, and uh, we're gonna fill them with crappie and bluegill and walleye and stuff like that. It's just kind of the way it is. So um, you're getting it, starting to get her stocked up. Yep. Oh yeah, I say I was actually able to fish for about an hour today and and caught ten keepers, um, and so that I mean that, that was a good day. And I'm gonna go again tomorrow. I'm gonna try a different lake, um, maybe if I can get the evil one to get out of bed and actually get mm -hmm. motivated doing something. But actually, uh, I gotta tell you guys, now is one of my favorite times to catch bluegill and big yes. slab bluegill, and there ain't nothing any better to keep in your in your freezer than a handful of fillets for a rainy day or a cold windy day when it ain't fit to go out and uh, you jerk those babies out man bluegill fishing right now from now till the time it freezes up and i can't go um yeah it should be on now, fire now i'll send you pictures after it freezes yeah. up lyle i'll uh <laughs> No, because Lyle's Lyle's actually going to come up and go ice fishing with me this year. We've already yes, talked. Yeah, we're going to be. Yeah. Uh, hey, since we're talking about storing them for winter, I wanted to ask you this before, uh, um, uh, just a few minutes ago. Uh, what what? It, you know, it's it's it always breaks my heart if I pull, let's say, a bag of fillets out and they're freezer burned out of the freezer. What, in your opinion, is the best way to keep that from happening? How how do you go about storing them for long long term storage? Well, and that's that's actually kind of a difficult question because most of the fish that we have here, I mean, we we rotate it. What we're doing, and because it's part of the law here in Missouri, is you actually have to mark each bag of fish that you have, what day you mm -hmm. caught it on, where you caught it from, you know, uh, from. 
whether it was from a, a private pond like what I've got, or I've caught it down on the lake. Um, that way you kind of keep your, your possession limits and stuff like that separate. So right. what that we're doing sense. is we're rotating, we're rotating those bags of fish and our fish normally doesn't last probably more than maybe a month, month and a half before that, whatever we caught on that day is getting eaten and we're, we're moving on to the next one. And, you know, when I go fishing, I'll, I'll think, okay, look, you know what? We went through, say four bags of fish there the other day. I need to try to catch at least four bags of fish to put mm -hmm. back into the freezer. So that's, that's what we're doing. But the way that we store them, um, is in the Ziploc freezer bags and we we clean the fish up. We make sure there's no bones in it, stuff like that. We drop them down in there and then whatever area is left in there, we're filling with water and then okay. we're, you know, we're zip tying it and we're laying it flat in the freezer so that it'll freeze flat. So that they're easier to stack. The problem yeah, with that is, is if you get enough of it in there and you go to open up that refrigerator door uh, and you have one of those things fall out and land on your foot, you're going to know it. So. That's right. You know, we used to do that at our camper. Uh, we had a camper at a campground, and there was pretty good crappie fishing. And you'd go out there, and let's say you'd get two crappie in the morning just fishing docks, right? And right. what would happen is every year we would have a big fish fry at the campground. So what we would do is get a milk jug, cut off the top, put a little water, put your flays in, put it in the freezer, freeze that. Next week if we're there, we catch four crappie, add it to there until the milk jug was frozen. Right. We had a community deep freezer that everybody shared. We got to keep them in there and that worked well. But what I'm helping what, what finds what I'm helping works for me at home is obviously a vacuum sealer, like Texas Tiger says. That's, um, that's right. Me and, and him here, have a same thing. Here's my tip in addition to what you said, James. I have a drawer in my deep freezer. I have an upright deep freezer in my garage, a sliding drawer. So I'll freeze the fish. Like I'll get them flat. I'll let them freeze. They're marked. And then I'll file them to the back of the drawer. So I'm always right. pulling from the front. This way I'm rotating them through. That works the best for me or else I'm a, I'm a wreck if I don't do that. So Yeah, but the, the problem with, with your the way that you're doing that, Mark, um, is it takes you twice as long because you only fillet half the fish. You're never going to uh, get that laid listen, down. I had to throw that in there. I, you know I did. I right? forgot I mean, about that, Ashley, but, you know. I had not. I had not. So, <laughs> Welcome, and, Frank. And the the funny part is, is he can't tell me what he normally tells me at this point, and he can't do what he normally oh, does. I'm, so. I'm gonna, I'm taking, I'm taking <laughs> notes right now for later, saving up for later. Right, but you know what's but coming no, later, don't you? What's that? You know what's coming later, don't you? Well, yeah, I know, I know. <laughs> Thank you, Lyle. <laughs> Finally, someone's sticking up for me. <laughs> All day and all night. So, but uh, I see Parker's wanting to know what size uh, line I'm using, guys. Right now, I'm changing my line down to already to four pound test lines. Oh wow! I'm starting. Oh yeah. I during the summer months because the fish fight just a little bit harder. Um, I'll go up to six to eight pounds depending on you know what i'm fishing for if it's big shell crackers or big you know red ears or uh actual bluegills stuff like that those fish will snap four to you know four to six pound test line in a heartbeat if you're if you're not paying attention you know and instead of retying all the time if you go to a slightly bigger line 
you don't have to worry about that as much, but you're still needing to check your line. But right now, that water start is starting to cool off. And the cooler that water gets, the clearer it's going to be. So I'm, I'm fishing with four, about four pound test line and I'll go down to as much as two pound yep. when the dead of the winter. And, and when I'm ice fishing, I use two pound floral. I don't even yep. mess around. It's a nightmare for me with my vision to tie knots, but I struggle through it and I get it done because there's definitely a difference. Yep. So the only, the only like high vis line that actually works for some reason is the orange stuff in the winter. That doesn't seem to affect them, but any other color for some reason does does yeah yeah i don't well, know what it water, is that water gets clear they they see more so the light hits that water different they're going to notice stuff and if you've got heavy line on there you're just you're not going to get the hookup ratio like if you're right. using a thinner line that's for most any of the the any of the uh, sporting fish that we're talking about, anything from, from bass to like bluegill and crappie, especially through the ice and on a winter, uh, pike and stuff like that, they, they don't care. Catfish still don't care all year. So you can use, you know, braid. I use braid on my tip-ups, which can be a – you can use get away with braid on a tip-up because the, the braid is underwater when you're setting the tip-up. It doesn't freeze. Don't use braid on a line like a, a fish trap or one of them automatic fishermen. You'll learn the hard way that it's not a good thing to do. Because that braid will freeze up right away. Yeah, and and for those people that say, well, that line is too small to you know to bring in big fish, guys. When we go uh, carp snagging and stuff, we use our little kid Olaf rods and stuff like that. That's rigged with six pound test line, and we're catching twenty and thirty pound carp off those lines. It's all about about how you set your uh, drag, and you're right. using that rod for the way it was meant to be used. And, and if you I play that fish, you can get him in. And use the right rod for the right reason. Don't yes. you know? That's why all these winter rods are like noodles. Noodles. They're because you you want that play in there using four pound test, and it's also vertical fishing in the winter, so it's a little different than having fifty feet of line out. You'll have you know it directly below you. There's difference in the physics. So yeah, Matt yep. wants to know. He's, I don't know who made the statement about filling the freezer bags, but he wants to know: Do you fill the freezer bags with water or just? Till the fillets are covered uh just until the fillets are covered mm -hmm. and then you're going to want to literally burp out all the extra air that's in yeah. there and there's if you don't have a if you don't have a vacuum sealer fill you up a five gallon bucket of water and dip that that bag with the water idea. in it and it'll force all the water out and then you seal across the top yeah, the whole idea is when your your food or your fish goes bad, it's because it's oxidizing and it needs air to oxidize. So that you want to get all the air off the flesh and you'll be in better shape than if you didn't. I agree. Right. Whether it's with the vacuum sealer or water, that's the whole idea. And another quick note is people have been telling me to save freeze shad that way too. I haven't tried it yet, but I'm going to try it that way. We'll see if it stays firm, frozen, solid in water. Well, they don't so. stay firm on a vacuum sealer. Not always. No, you got to get lucky. Yeah. I always take two bags of shad with me. Hopefully that I have a 50-50 chance that one of them is going to be firmer than the other one. And That's it right. usually isn't the case. So, James. Yes. Eddie says the secret to Dockery's dinks is to dent the top roof. Bless her heart. <laughs> okay, guys, here, here real quick. I don't know if you guys can see that. That is yeah. one of the blaze that we get that we use are the bags that we use to store our fish in and you can see okay. the lines where we lay it up there on the freezer and stuff there's no air left in that at all 
So that's awesome. that's what you're looking for. Like Mark said, you're wanting all of that air out of that bag, away from that meat, and mm-hmm. that's that's what's going to actually save your all of it. You know, your your fillets, your bait, everything. Yeah, da- yeah. Frank says he uses Dacron. Da- Dacron is what's on mine too. It just looks like like braid to me. I don't know what the difference is, but it is Dacron line that I get. I get the cheap stuff yeah. from. Uh, Actually, not cheap. I get the Beaver Dam tip-up line from Farm and Fleet for a pretty reasonable price, but it lasts. Did you forever. order some of that last night with the other stuff? No, not yet. I still okay. ordered fall stuff. I haven't even gotten to the winter stuff yet, Lyle. Don't even start. <laughs> Look, we were. I got we an Archie order to price. <laughs> okay, but we were trying to help you last night so that you wouldn't have to make five hundred different orders from five hundred different places. It hurts. It hurts we less when it's a little bit at a time, Doc. Yeah. You know? Maybe orange is like red is the first color to disappear in the water spectrum. That could very well be. Oh, and for and it, for, uh, Freddie asked, you know, what was my go-to? I'm I'm ignoring Park or uh, Weekend Angler at the moment. Really? Uh, but Freddie asked, yes. I'll find that hard to believe. <laughs> I, it's hard to when you keep typing. He looks a little oxidized. Yeah, no, no, but. Uh, my go-to bait for pan for any panfish is going to be a micro jig. If I'm if if I'm fishing for bluegill and stuff like that, that's what I'm using. And if I can't get them to you know to to bite on that, I'll go to the tried and true. I will throw a night crawler or a red wiggler or something like that on the end of a hook and yeah. a small float, and I'm I'm going to have fun. That's that's what it amounts to. Lucky Ronnie says, Mark, I got some special bait for panfish. Ask Did, Ryan. Is, is it a web of monofilament or does it have a fuse on it? <laughs> <laughs> Tim Molina, I see he says, salt first, remove air and freeze. Always salt the stuff, Tim. You're absolutely right. Yep. You know what else I've tried? I haven't tried this with Shad yet, is using like a bait cure, like the stuff the salmon guys use for uh, uh, salmon eggs up here. I've used it on chicken livers before with great success. It's toughened it up, and once it gets hydrated again, it stays on the hook a little longer. Not that I use chicken livers anymore, but I don't see why that wouldn't work with a, a bait fish. I might try that. We'll see. Yeah. Um, Chad says, Chad. Chad says state record carp in Kentucky, 67 pounds, cause I'm supposing he meant caught Hot. on six pound test bluegill fishing. That's a hell yeah. of a feat right there. And I'm gonna, guys, again, if you learn how to actually play these fish to where it doesn't really tire them out as much and you know and, and kill them, you can you can land monstrous fish on online i mean on thin line it just goes back There's to what no- i've said for years james let the action of the rod and the drag on the reel do its job you will never break or tear up anything yeah and, and you won't so oh the- pick fish in the mid-south says please stop picking on james it's so rare that he says something useful so let the man talk <laughs> You know, I, I, I think what I, I should do is I should start a, uh, a GoFundMe account. And the only way that you're allowed to throw an insult at me is if you pay into that. One dollar per insult. Like a swear uh, one dollar per insult. Start putting my money in there right now. I'll put, a, I'll put 50 bucks in there. I need credit. 
<laughs> I'm gonna. I'll, I would be able to buy me a new Illumina Craft in no time. <laughs> ice pike. There you go. Frank's got some good information about ice fishing. You know, you know, Frank, that's, that's a great way of doing it, but I'm still hell-bent to catch one on a hot dog, believe it or not. I want to get a pike on a hot dog. Everybody says it can be done. I want to see if it can be done. I've seen one come up on my uh, flasher while I was doing that. It turned away. I thought for sure that was going to be the year. So I always got one tip up off on the side, set off with a hot dog, because I want to be able to say that I've caught one on a hot dog, so. So guys, angry then, just oxidized. <laughs> yeah, got it. But and guys, if you you know, for those of you like Lyle that are afraid to get out on ice and stuff like that, you are actually missing out on really good tasting fish. If you, if there is something different tasting about these fish than when they are caught in under the ice than when you just go to your local pond or lake or something like that and pull them out during the summer. They are. They I taste will agree so much that. Better. I think any water caught in cold weather is better, or cold water that is better than uh, summer caught fish. Although yeah. I don't mind eating summer crappie or summer uh, small catfish no. stuff like that, but I think they are better in cold water. And and James, I hope you're not in a hurry. We're still no. getting lots of comments. We want to get all these comments in here, so we may go over a little tonight. <laughs> Oh man, you know that silver silver cat uh, comment is pretty pretty good, Parker. Yeah, no, it's not. And yes, <laughs> they actually they they do actually taste pretty decent. I mean, they they really and truly do, guys. Yeah, yeah and, Luke, and Luke is right was, about that. You get Luke the water just did inside a, the vacuum pump, it's done. Yeah, Luke just did a, a real quick on that vacuum pump thing, but Luke just did a, a on his new channel just did a catch and cook with. Uh, um, drum and he says it was pretty good. He said it had a little bit of aftertaste, but he said he would definitely eat it again. So that's something yep. I might want to try once. I'll do try anything once. Uh, real quick, Freddie, um, or who is it that was asking about the vacuum sealer? You get water in it. Here's um, a it was a comment from uh, Papa Ed. Oh, Papa Ed, what I do, and it's not necessarily to keep water out, when I'm sealing bait, is I'll take a paper towel and fold it up so it runs across the top of it and yep. put it right on the inside of where you're sealing. Your vacuum sealer will suck the air through there, and the paper towel will stop the moisture from going into your uh, uh, vacuum sealer. It saves you a lot of work, and it makes it a heck of a lot easier to clean, and the stink isn't there for sure. So That's right. That's it's another James Freddie wants to know what's your go to live bait for panfish. Like for all panfish, would it actually have to be a nightcrawler or a small red worm, earthworm, whatever the case may be? Yeah, I and agree. that's just it's just you know, the the what you caught, you know, or used to use when you were a kid and you would catch slate, you know, bluegill and stuff like that's the same as what we're still using now. Absolutely. What you had your best luck on, and that's what I still use. Yeah, me too. I have two red worms and wax worms. Those are pretty much great. Colder the water, wax worms, rest of the year, red worms. Very good. Yeah. Whisker Dream says they use old half-gallon paper cartons to freeze fish in water. We used to do that a lot. Yep. Twisted Fishing TV. Frank says, y'all ever tried a Bricker Bugs? Never heard of them. Never either. No, I haven't either. That's I new. That Frank, one. if you would send us 
any of us or all of us the information to where you where you get those. We would love to take a look at them. But if you just send them to me or to Mark or to James, uh, we'll share it with the we'll others that up. way that we yep. can figure out what you're talking about. Yep. And Always looking for new plants, ways. Excuse me. In food plants, we vacuum seal after nitrogen flush. Yep, it's oxidation equals energy. Yep. Mm -hmm. yep. And that's that's with all, all all freezers stuff. Once it once mm -hmm. it starts to oxidize, that's it. It's it's yep. done. Oh, oh, oh. What about a Cheeto? <laughs> Oh my, them red hot Cheetos are some of my favorites now. Mine too. I got a bag I'm gonna have after the show, Lyle. I'm quite sure you do. And for those of you that are asking how I got the, the bait bridge, I actually won it from DMF. So they had a contest on their Facebook page. Uh it was just basically a comment and like, comment and share, and I was lucky enough to win it. So, you know, um and I'll be lucky enough to room. steal it. That bait that tank has actually room. caused quite a frenzy among a few. It actually, it actually has. It's actually yeah. caused some fights. Now, and... Mark, did you end up buying one? Yeah, I actually do have one in my garage. I'm trying I to get it to fit in here. One too. I actually got one. I have one, and it doesn't fit in here. I tried to get it to where my little table is right here behind <laughs> me, and actually it's too big for that area. It covers up the air conditioning and heating vents. I wasn't able to put That's it in. Work. But I do have it in my garage. I hope over the winter to get a kind of a studio set up in the garage so it'll be visible there. Well, so. the one that I have, we bought from a guy and it didn't work and I have a good friend of mine Chris Cordia come down and it had a fan out of it that was all it was for about 20 or 22 dollars he put the fan in for me it works like a top but right now it has three or four boxes of insulin in it and a box of night crawlers and and that's it but no bacon no bacon it's it doesn't freeze I guess it don't freeze I've got it set about 40 244 degrees, something like 42, I think. Um, but uh, the night callers are very happy in there. Uh, we take them out whenever we go fishing, whether the boat starts or not. So, um, but I, we're gaining on that, by the way. Um, but yeah, I mine is not as nearly as nice looking as James's and probably not as Mark's. I've seen pictures of Mark's. I know it's not, but I have got a bunch of stickers that people have sent me for the last few months. And a huge amount of those will go on my bait tank or cooler. As soon as I get around to getting it up off the floor. Yeah, there we go. And I'm going to put it all over that bait tank. And then you whatever know, I can't believe I can't believe that you guys did not say or mention that Chad also has his own bait tank. I hadn't got to that yet. Chad who? Because well, you always leave him out. I do not. Does he have a Krampus game? He was going to get one, and I broke it building it. Uh-oh. I, you know, and if, for those that don't know, these are very tiny, small rods. Yes. They're like micro lights. Um, and I built, was building Chad one, and the spool that the thread was come off of was really old, and it was metallic thread. So it was ground into the, the layer below it, and I had to turn up the tension on the rod, 
And I got to thinking about that because I remember breaking a few rods years and years ago that the quality was real poor on. And I pulled two of the guides off and it was smashed underneath those guides where I had to turn the tension up too tight. So I take the guides off of that and I will build him another one. Um, it won't be exactly like that one, but it'll It'd be have been easier if you just said he upset you when he didn't say hello to you. So you broke it over your knee. I would love to say that, but that wouldn't be telling the truth. So, oh. uh, yeah. I, and, you know, we just, we just want to get him one. I want him to catch some panfish too. Yeah, we're, uh, we're, we're going to work on that. Even if I have to go over, pick him up and drive him all the way back over here for a weekend. That'd be we'll, fine. We'll, We'll work on getting him some. I see. Maybe I can give convince him to actually go ice fishing with us also. So yeah. you never know. You don't. That's the thing. Yeah, I saw Lance comment earlier too that he uses the cure on his alewives, which uh, uh, is probably the same as using it on like shad or something. So I'll have maybe. to give it a shot. Yeah. Um, Freddie says, "Yeah, red worms are great. Seventy-seven brim and sunfish in the past two days on them." 32 today with 45 yesterday, all while taking a break from trying to find catfish for the couples tournament. If I was catching them like that, that couples tournament would have to wait. That's well, some great food right there. But that's just, you know, panfish, uh, and it, it, we say panfish, panfish covers a wide variety yes, of, you know, of different yes, fish. Does. So if we're talking panfish, we're talking bluegill, we're talking uh, red-eared sunfish, we're talking uh, green sunfish, all this. Stuff. Your brother has commented. Oh, I know. <laughs> Jason Watts, what kind of jigs do you use, James? Do you have a favorite style? I will use a, I think I've actually got one or some around here somewhere. Well, get it dug out. Well, you, I got to hang on. Let me get one off the wall here real quick. Justin's fishing fetish says, I have to get a second job. <laughs> <laughs> I know the feeling, Justin. Keith Smart says he's got a 56.5-pound flathead on 10-pound test. That's awesome right there. Yeah. What I'm using, guys, is, is just the Arky uh, jig heads. And they're they're for tube jigs, stuff like that. Um, and sometimes I'll paint them myself. Other times I'll just leave them, you know, the lead color that they are. But I'm use I'm I'm usually starting out with like a one thirty seconds or smaller, because I want that bait. Like I said, guys, we're talking a painful slow uh, drop. Or rise because I want that that bait to stay within that strike zone, just you know, a, a little bit longer than what most people will do. Yeah, Pike will eat anything, Parker. That's for sure. Is Parker related to you? Uh, no, Parker is okay. not. Thank just God. checking. Just checking. Well, I don't know. He might be because my parents did give up a an unruly child for adoption when I don't know anything about him, so he might be. Okay. That's a dandy, Justin. Wow. Yeah. Yep. Fishing the Mid-South, y'all can keep your dag-blasted ice. I agree <laughs> 100%, buddy. I, I'm with you on that. Uh, I don't know. There's, there's something about being on that ice, guys. There really and truly is. And if I could... 
I can't explain it. I, I agree. If I had ice transportation, I'd be out there a heck of a lot more, whether it was a snowmobile or a side-by-side. -side. If I could get out there with all of my gear, I'd be out there three times a week without a doubt. Definitely would. Yeah. I sent a gentleman a message last night, and I think he lives in the Dakotas, but it may be further east than that, um, about being a guest on the show. He does a lot of fishing for panfish. He does a lot of catfishing. He's a very successful cat fisherman. And uh, he's got to wait until things line out. But he told me last night it was snowing like crazy wherever it is he lives. So yep. up in South Dakota, they were getting snow. So it's coming. I can't wait. It's supposed to be 38 degrees for a low tomorrow. And I'll be out as early as I possibly can to be. Fishing. Holy crap. Hey, so, uh, Matt he won that in a, in, he won that from Arky or uh, the bait company. Yeah. From DMF. Go ahead. My, uh, Mark. Oh, yeah, that James Watts up there with the question. I think that's a troll. So, uh, okay, I don't see it. So, oh, there it is. Oh, yeah, okay. Don't highlight that one. I already blocked him. All right. Okay, good. <laughs> right. <laughs> that's what we got to do. What we got to do. I yeah. thought I seen some people asking questions about how to fix them or how to cook them. Drum is a freshwater redfish, closer related to the redfish. Yeah, they're still drum. Yep. What's up, SK? Hey, SK. Justin, fishing fetish. When you yeah. get to give ways, well, let's see here. So, when are you doing the giveaway for James's bait tank <laughs> fridge? <laughs> I want it. Well, we all want. Happen. Yeah, Not I wanted it first. I think I was the yeah. first one that wanted it, so I got dibs. Do you have right, to understand Mark? this? This bait tank has actually caused a lot of fights between me and Lyle and Mark and Chad and others. Um, and yeah. because when I got it, it's sitting in my living room, guys. Yeah. All of this stuff that you see behind me is in my living room. So like you are in my house. In your, it's like the bait in your hot tub. Yeah. 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 Like that. She's <laughs> that, sitting that Katie's right there, a wonderful right woman. I'm telling you. Right there. She's sitting right there. I don't know how she's up with your ass. I really don't. What's the best temperature for night crawlers in a refrigerator? I just your standard uh Yeah, mine's set on yeah. 42. I don't want them to freeze. And I had mine was actually shut off because I didn't have any space stuff to put in it. And I turned it on because I didn't have any room in our refrigerator to keep the shipment of insulin that I got. So that's why I it's you know in 42. I, I think is a kind of a close thing. I may be off. I can turn it up or down. It's still got plenty yeah. of settings both directions. Here's, it here's, won't freeze that way. Here's some for the, the people door. in chat. If where where you get your night crawlers from is a temperature you want to keep it at. If you're at Walmart or at the bait shop and they come out of a fridge, put them in your fridge. If you get them out of the ground or they're on top of the fridge at the Walmart or the bait shop. Don't put them in a the fridge, you'll kill them. That means they're more yep. local in a warmer climate, especially you, Matt, being in Arkansas. They're going to be from a, a warmer climate. You'll kill them in the fridge. Yeah. And, guys, if you're storing uh, bait, uh, like I, well, I've got, you know, of course, I've got two bait tanks and then uh, the hot tub, which thanks for a while for bringing that up. Um, but the, <laughs> the night crawlers and stuff like that that I'm keeping uh, in my refrigerator, I keep them in the door. 
in the front of the door. That way, because if they get shoved to the back, they're going to get they're they'll get frozen in a heartbeat. You know, a refrigerator will kind of fluctuate back and forth. And usually there's one cold spot in all refrigerators, doesn't matter what you do, it's going to freeze. And that's what usually happens if they get stuck inside the refrigerator on a shelf. So keep them in the door. You'll be all right. That's probably some good advice right there. Really is. And don't overfill your refrigerator with night crawlers and stuff like that. It tends to make the your better half really upset, guys. Really? How would you know that? Yeah, why when did you man. start caring, Mr. I put my bait fish in her hot tub? Listen, she did not use that hot tub for like two days. All right. And I had I had a bunch of live bait I had to keep alive. So two whole days she didn't get in it. And for those of you guys that are thinking, oh yeah, you know, he, like he really uses his wife's hot tub for bait. You know, no, actually, I've I've taken over her hot tub for my bait. I want to see James Jack Dockery short with him in the bait tank, surrounded by all his bait. Yeah. How many times have you filled her bait, her hot tub with bait this year? Not as much as I did last year. Um, mainly because I, as some of you know, I keep injuring myself left and right. So I haven't been yes, able to get out do. and actually get bait, but I'm slowly but surely getting back to the point where I can get out and hobble around and fish again. And so, yeah, it's, yeah. it's getting, it's getting back. You gotta in there. Stop that. You just got, I, Texas I know, but Tiger, would you please send me a link to that video? I would love to take a look at that. And if, or better yet, just post it on Panfish Nation, then everybody can take a look at it. There you go. Cornmeal, not cornstarch. Yeah, I got that. <laughs> but to, I keep getting asked what I did this time to my foot. Um, I was sitting here at the house the other night. I heard a big commotion going on outside. I walked out there. Katie was fighting a raccoon. I went out to help the raccoon, and we started to lose the, the battle, so I went me and the raccoon literally started running off the porch. He tripped me. I fell. I hurt my foot. Ended up in a boot and a knee brace. He got away. So, was he after Katie's chickens? I, uh, I don't, I don't know. I didn't get a chance to ask him. About well, next time, take time out to find out. Uh, okay, I'll be sure to ask him. <laughs> Don't oh man! <laughs> Frank says I went out the other day and got my friend on the upper forties to fifty flathead, but I'm ready for cold water season. That's a great fish. Frank. I, yeah, I saw yeah. those pigs, Frank. Awesome fish. Great yep, fish. It was. Matt says love yellow perch. So good. I got to find out this year. SK, I'm so glad to have you first... in here. Yep, I finally caught my first yellow perch this year. So. Good for you. I didn't catch one yet, so. Come on up. Last time I went perch fishing, I got my limit. Did you go fishing today? No, that's right. You didn't. Really? You're going to do that? Oh, I'm hey, going Dan. to. You know I was going to. Oh, I know. <laughs> Dan, how's it going? Good thing is it was a raccoon and not a squirrel. Winter is coming, and a squirrel would have buried James in the yard. They're about the same size. <laughs> Josh is on fire tonight. 
Josh is just oh, being. My. Josh needs Josh. Josh needs to go fishing, guys. Or he needs to clean up the uh, spot where his wife usually parks, but he's got boat parts. Or I heard or from a like good, that. reliable source the other day that her parking spot's filled full of stuff. <laughs> See, why why does he treat her that way? I do I mean, not know. She's such a nice I, lady. I told what? Josh he needs a sign for his uh, uh, front yard that says "The Weekend Marina." Yeah. <laughs> Michael Morello says, are you trying to tell me that we can't even trust raccoons nowadays? I don't think that's it. Yep. I, I think that would be. <laughs> I had a raccoon try to fight me for some bait a couple of times up here. These city raccoons are mean. They ain't afraid of people. Now they're used to them. They're, yes, they are. Matt says, Josh needs a quick draw. <laughs> 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 Parker says, I'm dying. This is some awful, awesome stuff. <laughs> Thanks for checking us out tonight, Joe Buck. We appreciate it. We're going on, what, an hour and almost an hour and a half. But we've been having a great show tonight. And uh, as always, James, you are an outstanding guest, and we love you dearly, brother. I mean, uh, we always want to have James Dockery on here. You always don't feel like it, and and we can't do it every week. But any time that you have a a chance, and any time you have anything that you need to share with people, whether it be something through the MDC or um, experience, you catching a ton of fish or whatever, just let us know, and we always have a spot for you. Yep, but, uh, I appreciate it, that. It means but, a lot uh, to us that you'll take time to come out. It means so much to me that you have been on here twice and have been on Chad's, I don't think, have you? Yep. Actually, I was. I was on there last weekend with a couple well, of Well, damn. I thought we had it. I thought we got over it. That's the reason why he did back, our show. He was feeling guilty, Lyle. Yeah, it may well, be if it. I yeah. If I would have gotten back in enough time, I, got, I was teaching a class tonight, so if I would have gotten back in enough time, I would have jumped onto the bait shop. So There you go. <laughs> But as soon as we got back, I mean, it was literally five minutes before this show started. So yeah, and that was that was perfect timing. Uh, we was going to start without you, and then we'll give you the link. You could come in anytime. Mark, you need Chad and his golf clubs with you so he can whack the raccoons for you. That makes I ain't kidding. Of- I thought I was going to have to stab this raccoon. It got that out of hand once. Seeing pictures of a small one taken up by Spencerville. I'm not sure what that's about. I might have. I must have missed something. There's Daniel's and, creations, and I saw James Albaugh come in too. Absolutely, that's great, Justin. Thank you for talking about Chad's fighting a raccoon. Now I'm Jen and have to watch the great outdoors after manifestation. <laughs> <laughs> um, and guys, listen. If you guys have a question uh, about you know pan fishing and stuff like that feel free to hit us up on Facebook or, you know, go to Panfish Nation and stuff like that and, and ask the question. And Mark or me or somebody, some of these other guys that have, you know, do a lot of this pan fishing and stuff, we'll try to answer your question to the best of our ability. Yep. So. Absolutely. And if you have a question for Dockery and you can't figure out how to get in touch with James, let me know. Just send it to me or put it up on Panfish Nation and I'll make sure that he gets it. Uh, or if you have questions for Mark about crappie or me about bluegill or vice versa, it doesn't really matter. 
Put them in the comments below in there, and we will do our best to answer them. And I promise you, if we don't know the answer, we will try very hard to find out from someone like James yep. or someone else what the correct answer is for you. And don't forget to hit that like button. we got 48 tonight. It's a big number. Uh, we've had over 50 people in the show tonight, which is another good number for us. And if you wouldn't mind, please like and subscribe. Uh, we need those subscriptions as really bad like everybody else does we're halfway to a thousand or just over that and uh besides that if you like what we're doing support us just like the other channels it's no different yep so but i think we've we've had a great show we answered a lot of questions we had a lot of good comments um in chat and uh the the people in chat frank did send us that that link so we've got that to look for. So that's way cool, too. Um, twisted Fishing. Pumpkin seed, a.k.a. Brimmer Perch. Uh, pumpkin seeds, I dearly love the look of them. I think yeah. they're one of the most beautiful fish there is. Um, they're, some of the fish, the, the smaller fish, uh, man, they've got such beautiful colors to them. They, they, they do. really truly do. Now, do you think the colors are more prominent in the winter or the summer? I'm, I'm fishing year round. You guys know that as well as I do. And there's no, the colors of the fish. Uh, the, oh, the colors of the, during mating season, they usually get pretty, you know, bright and stuff like that. But every great once in a while, you'll still find a decent, you know, colored fish or, you know, one that stands out tremendously, you know, yeah. whether it's a, you know, got a little bit more black to it on or green or blues. So. I have a question for you, Ben. You work so close with the MDC um, because if I don't ask you now, I'm going to forget it later. Um, at Palm de Terre Lake, they have a sign because they they charge people two dollars to go on the dock and fish, and they've got it set with all kinds of trees and crap. And the crappie are just in there lousy, big crappie. So you pay two dollars to fish on the dock all day long. Now, my question to you is: that sign says no swimming or fishing. Does that mean from the bank? Because if I launch my boat, I'm in public water in that marina. It's, it's, I, you know, I want to catch sure. them friggin' bluegill that's all over that area. They're loud and nobody fishes for them. I've gotten kicked out of plenty of marina for trying to fish in them. As long as well, this is away from where the docks and stuff are. I'll creep in there at night and go fishing there at night, but other than that, during the day, I'm lucky if I'm in there for 20 minutes. It's only open two days a week now. Uh, there you go. I'll I'll tell you the the same thing I usually tell most people when they ask a question about like, along those lines. Um, con go to the MDC website, um, and if you look. Uh, you can usually find out who the conservation for our agent for that area is and ask him. They're down and there he all would the be time. Able, well, and they would be able to tell you more. I've never fished Pompe de Terre, so I don't. But I don't want I don't them know. to tell me I can't do it. Well, I, I'm, but you know what? I'd much rather them tell me I can't do it than me do it and get a ticket. Yeah, I don't know. want a ticket either. Cindy, right. beat me, so, I get a ticket. My there you go. I posted that link up in chat because Matt was asking for it for those uh, um, uh, for those awesome. bugs. Thank you. Yeah, for the bricker bugs. Awesome. Thank you so much. 
man, what a fun show tonight, James. I I just can't get over it, Mark. We get him on here, we tease him, make fun of him. He still comes in and has a great show. He's making yeah. fun of us too. Don't don't don't. I know. <laughs> I took notes. You remember? We have to talk with him later. You guys started it. Well, maybe so. Uh, right today, always get out of jail. Return for me. Yeah, yes, I, I, the real pretty ones, the real big ones. Always have to. You know, it's, it's weird when you guys mentioned that. Like, yes, Freddie. When that question came up, I. I catch them in the winter, and they're really bright in the winter, which makes no sense to me because they're sun deprived. Right. I don't know why if they're if they're for some reason their colors aren't photosynthetic or not. I don't know, but I've got pictures of them caught through the ice where their just colors are just popping crazy. That's awesome too. Even on an overcast day, they look incredible, and I can't figure out why. I'd have to look that up maybe and see. I received this in the mail the other day. What it is, you'll know what it is. Freddie sent me a squirrel tail to build big some make some jigs out of, and I'm kind of anxious to get started on that. By this, had so much stuff. I worked on a boat all day again today, even in the rain. But uh, it's running again. For what's that? It's worse, but uh, we're going to run the rest of the gas out of it, and I'm pulling the tank, or at least going to try to figure out where the water is getting in that damn thing because that's what it was again. It had about four gallon of water in it. So wow. It's just it's starting to be a pain in my arse. So somehow we gotta get it fixed. Papa Ed said you should see a winter rainbow trout. Beautiful fish. Mm -hmm. I oh, have yeah. seen them. We got a hatchery just down the road from me and and they are beautiful. The colder, yeah, the are. more vibrant the colors are, Matt says. That's not true for all fish, though. I find no, that the crappie, hybrid sunfish, regular panfish, like bluegills and stuff, will be almost silver when yeah. I catch them through the ice. Silver? Few of them, like, yeah, they're... Silver cat? No, silver oh. panfish. <laughs> uh. <laughs> listen, folks, all night, no, great listen. Show tonight. One sec. You guys, yep. make sure you go over and watch uh, Pontoon Jody after the show ends. Uh, yes, sir. I don't know who she's fishing against. Doesn't and matter. I'd like, I, yeah. And you guys make sure that you keep J-Dog in your thoughts because the boy messed up his thumb the other day, and it did. was pretty bad. He so. did. He's fishing with somebody tonight, though, so he must not be doing as bad as we think. But he did mess it up pretty bad. Hello, he Mark. We're glad to see you in hey, here, buddy. On, Mark? Is he fishing against Jody tonight? I know somebody is. He's in a boat with somebody. Okay. I know he's up to fish. I know he's up to fish against her one of these Thursdays. I'm not well, sure. Well, maybe this is it. I know that him and I have a date to where we're going to have a contest. Him and his wife against Cindy and I, and uh, they was sick and and. You know, I don't want them out there being sick. And Tara was really bad. They had, I yeah. think, she had COVID, and and we'll set that up at another time and and uh, and let everybody know when him and I are going to go at it. But we're going to have some fun regardless. Jason is a really good guy, and he catches a lot of fish. So if you're going up against him, you better prepare yourself very well. Yep, there you go. That is true. He really is. Uh, he's he's fishing against Jody tonight. Chad says. I saw that. Awesome. So hey, Dan Yeah. Real quick, we want to remind everybody of the uh, couples tournament this weekend. Go over there, support all the couples, give till it hurts. It's all going to charity. It is. Um, 
it'll be a good time um hopefully sure we'll all have we'll have a turn up there on screen help chat out maybe on sunday if he yep. needs uh we'll, we'll be there we'll be there to support him as as always and uh, absolutely and be sure to support chad he just got to a thousand but we want to make sure that he stays there, stays there it yeah. doesn't hurt to go ahead and subscribe if you're not subscribed and watch a little bit of a couple of his videos that way it sticks and you will enjoy them i promise you, you know, funny guy I'm going to go over there and unsubscribe and resubscribe just to make sure it sticks, Lyle. There you go. That's a great idea. <laughs> oh, my. We have had a great show tonight. Be sure to tune in uh, Monday night to Catfish Weekly and March podcast, Catfish and Crappie. Uh, Wednesday night, James Smith. Um, Avid is on Sundays with Palmetto Cats on Sundays. Let's see how many I can yep. get. Friday is Stan. Is that right? Chad is. Yes, it is. Chad is Thursday night right before us. Let's see how many nights have I missed. Tuesday. Roger's on Tuesday. Um, I think I got everybody. I got all the days. No, Saturday. Who's on Saturday? Stan, Stan two's on Friday. Yeah. Who's on Saturday? Anybody on Saturday? Somebody is. Mike Greenwald well, wasn't on every... Saturday. I don't think he's doing his show anymore. But Who's there's that? always somebody, uh, Mike Greenwald. There's always somebody fishing on on Saturday nights and Friday nights as well. Yep, yep. The late night crew over Aaron and and uh, and LG Bass the, on the on the dock every Friday night, usually late into I the night. I tell you, I never thought I'd see the day when we could sit and watch either catfishing or pan fishing or something that we're interested in besides bass every night of the week. Yep. it's a wonderful yep. thing. Patriot really James is. on Wednesday. We can't forget about James. Yep. Yep. I, are we I, uh, are we tying jigs this weekend? We can. Uh, well, let's let's work and see if we can't get something lined up for the four of us to jump on here and. That's fine. Chad, and may, Chad may not want to because he's you know at a thousand subs now, so he's. He may yeah. have outgrown us. Yeah. Yeah. So. Well, I hope he's got some more holes on his ball caps to make his hats bigger i thought she was yeah. going to say something altogether different when that we started out. In the show on that note <laughs> i think you're right thanks everybody we'll see you next week on fan fish nation have a good one everybody get out there and fish yeah.